It's Monday, March 7th, and this is OHSU Week. I'm Jeffrey Martin. How do you respond when someone at work asks, how are you? Be honest, how open are you? How much do you and your coworkers pause and reflect on this experience of coping with so many changes, crises, and stressors? The reality is we could speak for hours and hours about what wellness means for different people and groups, but instead, we'll introduce the Wellness Consults for Teams and Leaders service in this podcast and its two facilitators, psychologist Sarah Walker and Sydney I. It's just a conversation. We're going to have a conversation here about wellness. And for this conversation, I'm joined by Dr. Sarah Walker and Dr. Sydney I. Doctors, how are you? Doing well. Yeah. Yeah. Does that mean does that mean a little bit more something a little different this time and in and in, in where we are in the world when someone asks how are you? Does that mean a little something different? Well, I I think so. I think so. And I have even noticed myself cringing a little, smiling a little at the answer to that question. Uh, and I've spoken with, you know, personally and professionally, people who say, I've been saying I'm fine, asterisk, or I'm fine. For COVID, you know, having some caveat there is the real answer might take quite a bit longer to share. I'm doing well because I have to confess, I'm just coming back from vacation and there's nothing like stepping away from work and getting some time to kind of be with your loved ones in a different setting and relax. Um, that really helps you kind of get to a better place. But um, I, I agree. I think that asking people, how are you? is a good thing to do. And yet many of us kind of wonder, is it okay for us to really say how we're doing? We often don't want to burden others. We, we don't want to be a downer. Um, and yet sometimes we're not doing great. Um, and that's part of the work that Sarah and I do is, is creating that kind of space for people to reflect on how they're doing. But today I'm, I'm doing well and I'm excited to be here um, to talk with you about some of the experiences that we're having and, and stories that we're hearing from the OHSU community. I want to get into some of that, some of that in a minute, but before we do, I want to know about your backgrounds. I want to know why you're kind of qualified to discuss these matters, if you will. So share with us, what are your backgrounds? I can take that first. This is Sarah speaking. Uh, so my, my primary appointment at OHSU is in the Department of Psychiatry, where I'm an associate professor. And I'm a clinical neuropsychologist, and so my primary gig is working with folks to help evaluate cognitive, emotional functioning. But I also work part-time in our resident and faculty wellness program, and I work part-time in our wellness consult service that has emerged over these past couple of years in response to the pandemic. It exists under the umbrella of the COVID-19 Wellness Task Force. And my route to those roles was even prior to the pandemic, I volunteered in some disaster mental health areas. So with the American Red Cross, Portland Bureau of Emergency Management, Neighborhood Emergency Team Program, and some others to really use, use my training and interests uh, to address some of the psychological effects, uh, psychological tolls taken by contemplating disaster preparedness and responses and psychological first aid and the existential weight of just contemplating disasters. And so all of that was unfortunately generalizable to what has been dished out in the, in the pandemic. 
Um, and I'll just jump in that I got to hear about these aspects that Sarah brings this unique lens of having worked with people dealing with disasters and also addressing the psychological impact of climate change because we also share a passion um, for rowing and both of us are on a women's rowing team and um, and just kind of through our friendship sort of shared a little bit about you know, our, our paths of how we're working as psychologists. So I'm a clinical psychologist like Sarah, and uh, I've worked for many years, probably close to 20 years with residents and faculty in the School of Medicine through resident and faculty wellness. And yet I've always wanted to expand that and provide support and care to other healthcare professionals, to other members of our OHSU community. So, I mean, the silver lining uh, in terms of COVID-19 is that early on, Dr. Renee Edwards invited a couple of us to create the Wellness Task Force and provide support to the whole community. And that's how I got involved in doing the wellness consults for teams. Um, the other perspective that I bring to this is that for many years, I did risk and resilience work and um, coping skills work with children and adolescents. And in particular, I published a measure of optimism and pessimism in children and studied how important that is to helping them cope with all sorts of things, whether it's a parent having cancer or dealing with bullying or other challenges in their life. And so for a long time, I've been really interested in what do we do to help children, adolescents, and also adults to manage stress well and hold on to hope and their sense of purpose in life. And whether I'm working with kids or now with healthcare professionals and staff members, that's been a longstanding passion for me that I've drawn upon as we've tried to help healthcare teams and others during this pandemic. That's the word I was going to use, passion, because it seems like this is a passion project for both of you all. And uh, yeah. I applaud your efforts um, because this is real serious, right? I mean, that's the point that you don't want people to have like dread talking about this or thinking about this, but you want people to open up. You want people to actually share. You want people to actually feel affected. You want people to be encouraged to actually to get in there because that's where this stuff happens, right? When you actually get in there and dive in. Mm -hmm. So you talked earlier about asking, how are you? So that's not a throwaway for either of you. Like when you ask someone that, you are actually listening and want to know like what someone is up to. Absolutely. No, and I think that is something that we've felt and heard from the people that we've had the chance to connect with in these sessions that our, our consult service offers that has been that has been a value. That we've I, I think I've sometimes explicitly said, you know, we've carved out this space, your leader reached out to us to create this space to ask that question and truly have the time and space to hear what the answer is. Is there, is there I'll let you take over to Dr. Ayes. I'm just curious, but we are having a conversation. Is there any pushback? Is there any reluctance? What, what are those uh, experiences like? Sir, you want to comment on that or do sure. you want me to take that? Well, yeah, and I suppose we can both jump yeah. in. And I, and yeah. I think there were probably some, some parallels in our experiences of the answer to your question has changed based on the individual we might be thinking about or the team that we're having the chance to connect with or the phase of the pandemic. I think people's and groups' willingness and ability, just capacity, bandwidth, whatever you want to say to engage with that question in this reflective space has 
really shifted and understandably so depending on the phase of the pandemic and whether that's characterized by the hope of the vaccine rollout or just the exhaustion of one of these surges and i think we try to do our best to make sure that if people are there to share their experience that that's welcomed if people want to listen to what others experiences are there's great value in that as well I, th I just, I think that's really well put, Sarah. I think it really varies um, by what people's comfort level is in the group that they're in and kind of the space they're in that day. I mean, we all have days where we just want to be quiet and not share what we're feeling. And other days we really just want to share and we want to be heard. Um, one of the things I think that's encouraging um, that we're seeing is that it seems like this is starting to be built in more to people's team conversations um, that that people are checking in with each other and speaking more from the heart. And that was reflected also in the most recent pulse survey in which uh, everyone at OHSU was asked to fill out a brief survey on how they were doing. And one of the findings that was so positive is that people are feeling supported by their team members that their peers have each other's backs. And one of the ways I think it is happening is that we're really asking people more about what's going on for you? What's going on in your personal life? And how are you doing? Is the work you know, too hard? How are you holding up? How can I help? So I think we're actually getting more comfortable about answering that question in a more authentic way. And managers are getting better about asking for that. Maybe not every manager, someone may be listening to this and think, well, that's not my manager or my team. Um, but that's part of what we're trying to do is we're trying to facilitate those conversations and help managers and team members be able to tell each other what's going on so that then they can support each other. What is the beneficial aspect of this? Well, this is Sarah speaking and the goals of our sessions have also shifted over the pandemic in that we've tried to feel out and respond to both explicit and implicit feedback of what feels most salient to these to these people and teams. And so even if you look, one of our colleagues went through and looked at the different titles of the talks that we have presented or the workshops over these past couple of years. And it's just fascinating to see the evolution of the titles. You know, we might have used terms like, quote, resilience in the past that now has shifted in some of the weight that that word carries. You know, it's a, it's a loaded term for a number of reasons. And so we've focused lately about connection, connection with people. We focus lately on connecting with people and ways that we can offer and hold that care for ourselves and for each other. And that's one of the explicit goals or objectives of our sessions is to offer that connection in real time. When so many people are so busy, having this time and space carved out can go a long way in itself just to take a take a beat slow down and some of those phrases are reflected in some of the feedback we receive from our participants i would just add um that's i think really wonderful sarah what you were reflecting and i would just say you know some of the feedback that we get from people is that it is inspiring to hear each other's experiences and each other's stories in a way that we don't always take time to do in the workday we're all trying to be efficient and productive and um, and people find it actually helpful that Sarah and I come and facilitate and ask these questions, like, how is it that you've grown from this experience? 
Um, what's been really hard? Um, what are ways that you're coping? And people have said that they, they don't really pause and share that with each other in the work setting, and it's powerful and inspiring to hear each other's experiences. I think for managers, sometimes it actually encourages them to make some changes in what they're asking of their team members. Um, it's sometimes a wake-up call of, hey, this is, we've got to back off here. We need to make some changes. Here's some people that are having a hard time, and that's really important feedback. And um, I think probably the number one piece of feedback we have is people feel less alone. They feel less alone in dealing with this experience, and that is really important. How humbling is this work for you, for both of you? Because some of these, these responses and, you know, when people share with you, you know, I was a journalist for many, many years, and I would always tell people at the end, like, thank you for sharing your story with me, because honestly, like, that's yours. That is your thing. That is something that you choose who you share that with. And I think on a kind of a similar level, the same thing here. This is how, this is a really personal, this has been a rough, rough, patch that we've all gone through, but for people to actually choose to actually share that in some ways you have to feel honored that they're willing to do that and whatever, you know, the reasoning is, but, um, how humbling is that it, or gratifying, or I don't know what the word I'm searching for, but like, is there some feeling that you get from doing this type of work? Well, I'm a mom. So some of these people that I'm talking to, I feel like could be my kids. Some of these young nurses and uh, other remarkable um, people that are doing this kind of work. And so I have to sometimes control myself because I swear I wanna, I'm doing this virtually most of the time. Mm -hmm. I wanna reach through the screen and hug some of them. I am very moved, especially when I consider some of the people that have been on the front line, what they are caring, what they're witnessing. I'll never forget a young, uh, remarkable uh, woman who is a, a nurse um, who was describing being there for people as they're dying and having uh, to hold up the iPad for their family members to say goodbye to them. And this remarkable uh, nurse and young woman trying to hold on to her compassion and yet it just affecting her. You can't help hear that story and think we must do what we can to support these remarkable people that are doing this work. So if us listening and asking questions and conveying caring um, and maybe even providing a little bit of guidance about what they're doing well, what their strengths are and maybe other resources that can be available to them um, including counseling. I mean, some of the people tell us this has inspired me to go get counseling. Um, that, that helps me to feel like I'm doing something for them, even though I will never begin to approach what some of these people are having to carry and do and witness. But at least I can be there to witness for them what this experience has been like. And so that, that helps me to, you know, to do, keep doing this work, but I want to do more. I want to do more. I want to provide more support. Sarah and I have kind of wrestled with this. We feel like that there's such, there's going to be a need for even more opportunities to help people rest and recharge and recover. And I, I don't know what that's going to look like. Um, but I want to be part of that. That's why I was just getting ready to ask you, what does that look like? But you don't know. 
but you know that you just want to be involved. So this is all, this is working for everyone. I mean, is that the feedback you're getting? I mean, you obviously want to continue this, but it's been well received. It has been, it has been, which is a really, to use your word, humbling and gratifying and validating piece of feedback to get. Everybody who participates in one of these sessions is invited to share their experience through a couple of, of questions. And we've tr really tried to use that to guide where we go next and what the next iteration of this offering is. And thus far, our sense from what we're feeling and hearing is that these sessions are, are about what people have capacity for. You know, I think it would be awfully hard to say, let's talk about wellness more and let's schedule five more meetings to do it. You know, and so I think we're, we're really trying to balance this drive of offering everything that we possibly can to these workers who have shouldered so much over these past years and also doing so in a way that meets people and teams where they're at. One thing I wanted to jump on to that as well that I didn't highlight that has come out of these groups too um, that I think is a value is we tell people that we will keep private what individuals say and but we do tell them that we are going to communicate key themes and needs to the leaders of OHSU and we do that and I think that has throughout um, the COVID-19 response has at times led to policies being changed, additional supports being offered to various groups that are really carrying a lot of psychological weight on them, and we feel good about that. So in some ways, we are a way, we're kind of, um, you know, helping their needs be communicated to people that might be able to make some changes, um, because that's the other challenging thing that we're really hearing a lot is that people of course want to be effective at how they cope with this and how they support each other and how they work together but people are very much looking for systems changes and are are feeling at times pretty worn out and sometimes even a little bit mad um, maybe not a little um, that that there's so many aspects of healthcare that are messed up that we don't have resources in community, in our communities, to help people um, in the way that's needed. And that many healthcare uh, staff and professionals are struggling to get the needs of patients and families met and um, in a situation where we don't have the resources that are needed. And we're telling them, okay, try to manage your stress with mindfulness and yoga and good coping skills. And yes, that's important, but but we also want to have some of these things that are making everybody struggle addressed. So we try to communicate those needs to the higher ups in case there are ways that that could lead to change. So I guess in closing, if someone wants to connect with you all or with this service, how do you go about that? And um, I guess, how do they ask for help? Well, they can, they can, um, they can contact the COVID-19 wellness email. Um, there's a COVID-19 wellness website that has a lot of resources, including the wellness consults for teams and leaders listed there. They could email um, Dr. Sarah Walker or myself, Sydney I directly as well. And we respond really very quickly and talk with people and find out what is it they're wanting help with 
and tell them a little bit about what we could offer and then we tailor it to what works for them. We, we meet people where they're at. We go and provide um, the supportive listening sessions and the workshops at a time that works for their team. And we also can do some one-on-one -on -one consults with people, uh, which I think is helpful. And when things are, when difficult things happen um, that we hear about, we also reach out to teams um, that have experienced loss or other kinds of crisis. So we're also trying to be proactive. And I'll also add, we on the COVID-19 wellness page, there is a frequently asked questions document that we developed to just answer questions about this service because it is a bit different than the workshops or sessions are a bit different than what has been offered in the past and it's people understandably have some questions of what to expect and what kind of questions will be asked and what kind of sharing will be required and the answer is none. Just come and, and participate as much as you're comfortable. Thank you, Dr. Sarah Walker and Dr. Sydney I. Um, until next time, I appreciate it. Thanks for the time. Thank you. Thank you. OHSU Week is a production of Strategic Communications. This episode was produced and edited by Jeffrey Martin. That's me. We'll see you next week.